Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome. But you thought we were done. Season three just ended. Isn't season five in April? Well, guess again, because I told you we were doing a special episode, and here it is. The special episode is on HBCU. So let's commence. Turn me up. Let's go. Hey, 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 hey. What's up, y'all? What's good? It's your boy, Shiny Shine, coming back to you again on another Monday. MLK Day, a.k.a. Martha Luther King Day. Salute to MLK. 2022, Happy New Year, ladies and gentlemen. It's good to be back. Man, hope you had a good week. I had a good week, man. Happy, like I said, Happy New Year. 2022. Yes. Time is going by fast. I can't believe it. Your boy is graduating in May. It's uh, right around the corner. So, hope everyone, uh, New Year's is uh, starting off on the right foot. And we're going to commence. We're going to dive in. No no hot topics today. No call-in section. We driving, we diving straight into the content today. All right? HBCUs. You already know how I do it, so I ain't going to repeat myself again, but I'm going to do it for y'all, for the, for the new guests. I break it down to three sections. HBCUs, the historical, the problem, and the ultimate choice. So, Sean, what is a HBCU? Well, let me tell you. HBCUs, this acronym, stands for Historical Black Colleges Slash Universities. HBCUs can be found... Mostly on the East Coast, a little bit in the Midwest, not really. It's still like, your Midwest is still like the East Side of the Midwest. And then definitely your South, South Side. Southeast, South Side. Many HBCUs, I can name so many from Morgan State to Howard to Morehouse to Spelman to FAMU, which is Florida A&M, to NCAT, to, which stands for North Carolina A&T to Norfolk State, to West Virginia State, to Central State, to Wilberforce, shout out to the Wu, to, you know, Lincoln. There's so much HBCUs, but I got to talk about the history. And so I'm going to take y'all back, man, way back, back even before the start of the American Civil War. Before the Civil War, Y'all know slavery was still alive. It was still active. It was still running, especially, um, well, really mostly in the southern states. But, you know, in northern states, it was, uh, you know, your free states, quote unquote. But uh, we had three schools. We um, had uh, our first three schools, uh, HBCU. But the reason why these were still created at the time was, hey, Slavery, slavery, still going on. Segregation, it's you're you're not equal. You're, the Thirteenth Amendment haven't came yet. The Fourteenth Amendment haven't came either. So it's like it's still segregated. You're still in people's eyes. You're still a slave. So we still need to get our education. We still need to get our knowledge. And so we had our first HBCU, eighteen thirty seven. Um, it was called the Institute of Colored Youth, um, and it was found at Cheney, uh, Pennsylvania, and um, I think the school is now called Cheney. Shortly after that, in 1854, 
you had Lincoln University in Pennsylvania, and then Wilberforce University, shout out to the Wu, um, 1856 at Wilberforce, Ohio. Now, fast forward, April 12th, 1861, you have the Civil War, and I don't need to dive into details about the Civil War. I think you would know about the Civil War, but we were fighting for, you know, slaves to be free. African-Americans to, well, I mean, we wasn't even called African-Americans yet. We were just called Africans, but to be free. That was one of the, one of the bloodiest wars in U.S. history. So many lives were lost to just fight for freedom, fight for our freedom. And so after the Civil War, the 13th Amendment came, which pretty much abolished slavery. And the 14th Amendment, which was making everyone who were born in the U.S. is a U.S. citizen. So everyone is a U.S. citizen and have equal rights. Okay, so now let's fast forward to 1896, Plessy versus Ferguson. And so give you a summary about this story. And so the story of Homer Plessy, and uh, by the way, he is one-eighth black, but um, back in around that time, if you just had any black in you, even a drop of black, you were considered black in America uh, during that uh, time period. So um, homie Plessy, Homer Plessy, he was one-eighth black, um, and then in, 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 18, in 1892, he refused to sit in the train passage for black people. Time passed later. It's low-key similar to the uh, Rosa Parks. But he didn't sit in the black people passage in the train, and so he got arrested. So it went to court saying that uh, Plessy stated that this is against his 14th Amendment because everyone should be equal because we are all U.S. citizens. And so it went all all the way up to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court decided that uh, it was a 7-1. It decided that, hey, it didn't, you know, violate your 14th Amendment. Things can be separated but equal, right? So before the Civil War, you know, in the Northern States, it was separated but unequal. But now, because of the Plessy versus Ferguson, now it's separated and equal. But really, was it really equal, y'all? We know it wasn't equal still. But because of that, the birth of Jim Crow, the, the, the Jim Crow era was, was born. It was created. And so you had you know, so many laws where things were separated through education, through you know, restaurants. Hey, this part is for colors. This part is for white people. Parks, water fountains, everything was separated. End quote, end quote, quote, equal, end quote. <laughs> there you go. And so, because of that, more HBCUs came to pass. You know, you more HBCUs was born because we needed an education. African Americans needed an education. African Americans needed a future. They needed knowledge. And so, hits, you have more HBCUs was born. That is pretty much the history of HBCUs. But also, with, with, with history comes culture. When you go to an HBCU, you see the, the family oriented. With HBCUs, you see, it's kind of like, you know, for, shout out to all my Buckeye fans, but any, any college sports, you have that famous quote on, you know, a certain team versus the world. So, like, for me, it's Ohio State versus the world. 
Uh, people, I think I saw a shirt that someone said Detroit versus the world, Cleveland versus the world. Like, that's literally, it was HBCUs versus America. It wasn't versus the world. It was versus the United States. And so with HBCUs, they were family oriented. There was, there was unity. There were people sticking together. Iron sharpens iron. I'm making you better. You making me better because outside this campus, you had KKK. Outside this campus, you had you had people who who didn't want you to win. Outside this this campus, you had to work twice as hard to get half of what someone got. Outside that campus, you wasn't meant to win. Make sure you lose. Inside the campus, there was unity. There was sticking together. There was a bond. There was culture. There was tradition that was being built. HBCUs literally during the the creation to now, there's so much tradition and so much culture. We had no choice but to stick together. We were we were all that we had. And so that created the culture, that created the HBCU atmosphere. And it was amazing. Now, talked about the history. Now let's talk about the problem. Problem? Sean, there's a problem? Yes, there's a huge problem. Two problems, ladies and gentlemen. And the first thing we're going to talk about is the funding. I reached out to my fellow colleagues, six of my fellow peers. Um, most are students and some are alumni that attended or that attends or attended to a HBCU. And out of all of uh, my peers that I reached out to, one of the huge problems that they believe is the funding. Um, we have a student from Bethune-Cookman saying that the, the, the funding, that we need funding. The, the funding is a huge disadvantage from HBCUs to PWIs. Sean, what is, what is PWI? PWIs stand for predominantly, predominantly white institutions. And so the funding, we, we're, we're going to break it down on the first part, the funding. Talk about the history of the funding with HBCUs. And so we're going to break it down and go to the Moral Act. The Moral Act, well, the Moral Grant Act. And so how this came to pass was Senator in uh, Vermont, um, Mr. Mor Morrow, uh, wanted to get uh, acres of land for each state and build up a school to pretty much educate our, our nation. Our nation needs to be educated. Our nation needs to know, you know, be successful. It needs to have knowledge, you know, like that was the Moral Act of 1862 was to set aside federal lands to create colleges to benefit the agriculture and mechanical arts and, you know, other programs, you know, later on. But however, we had, you know, our schools, our schools were, you know, getting built. So um, uh, to name you a couple, you know, land grant schools that were, you know, around that time, you had, of course, Ohio State, um, you had Georgia, Florida, um, Auburn, Kentucky University, Michigan State. You had your main, you know, predominantly white institutions were, you know, born because of the Moral Act. And so with these schools getting built, they were getting funds by the government. However, there were 
tight on funds. And these universities, institutions and slash, you know, universities, they needed more money. And so the act of 19, not 19, the act of 1890 was born. And so the act of 1890, uh, the government granted it and they gave more funding to the land grants. However, they noticed that, hey, there is, we don't want to be racial, you know, discrimination. And so with the act of 1890, not only funds would go to the, you know, the already schools that were being built, but it would go to some of these HBCUs. And so the act of 1890 was um, HBCUs were supposed to receive uh, land grant funding as well. However, did we really receive that land grant? Did we really receive the funding? You know, some schools did, some schools did not. I'll give you an example. My own school, Central State University, we didn't get our land grant until 2014. Our school was founded 1887. The act came to pass 1890. So we should have got our land grant in 1890. But we didn't get our land grant in 1890. We got it in 2014. That's a problem. That's a huge problem. But Ohio State got it. Shoot, heck, we can go to West Virginia State. West Virginia State got theirs. But however, in the 1950s, the State Board of Education voted to terminate West Virginia State University's land-grant structure. Then West Virginia State University was restored to their land-grant in 2001. Literally 50, 50 years after. Well, 51, technically. They finally got their stuff back. That's a problem. HBCUs, they don't have... We don't have the funding. We don't have the resources compared to these other schools. I'll testify and let you know about me. I am a mass communication major. What I want to do, uh, I want to go to the entertainment field, whether it's television, radio, or film. But my school, we don't have the resources that I need compared to OSU or, or Florida or University of Miami of Florida. To where they have no resources to help their students to be successful and, and open up opportunities for them compared to other HBCUs. We just don't have it. And so what I loved about my school is, yes, we didn't have those funding or resources. I was able to work with what I had. You know, I was work with the scraps that I had and, and create it into something. You know, my creativity involved because of this my my work ethic involved because of this you know but it, it would have been very helpful if I had the funding it would have been very helpful if I had the resources I need to exceed even more than what I am right now in my major and especially to help me improve my experience and my skills in my career field that I want to be in we just don't have it Another example that I can give, we can talk about, I love Ohio State so much, but Ohio State, you're about to get attacked right now. Ohio State versus Central State. Ohio State made this past school year, 
$7.6 billion. $7.6 billion. Their football team makes, averagely, each season, $1.05 billion. And I'm a Buckeye fan. I love Ohio State. O-H-I-O. I'm a huge football fan. My grandfather played for Ohio State under Woody Hayes in the 70s or late 70s. But $1.05 billion. And by the way, like I said, Ohio State University, their average make, well, this past school year, they made $7.6 billion. Their average, uh, roughly around $6.8 billion each school year they make. And oh, by the way, they're still getting funds by the government. They're still getting money and, and resources by the government. All that money. And... and None, and I can speak for everybody, none of the HBCUs, they don't see that kind of money. They, I, don't even think they, I don't even think they receive billions, let alone high millions. I don't even think they receive millions. I'm going to keep it real with you. That's an issue. That's a problem. We were, we were granted funding. We were granted resources. And yet we're not getting help at all. We're struggling. HBCUs are struggling and we need all the help we can get. Another thing about problem number one, the funding and the resources. Um, we're going to go back to the student from Bethune-Cookman. Um, let me read the student's full response on the question that I asked about what is the disadvantage between HBCUs compared to PWIs. The student response was, I think HBCUs have a lack of resources, which is caused by not enough government funding, which I spoke about, and also not enough of alumni support. Hmm. I feel like most, not all, alumni only support their alma mater is during homecoming. But if their alma mater is going through financial issues or whatever, they don't care. And we see the government invest billions to PWIs and HBCUs have to literally fight for the money we deserve. I want to focus on the alumni part. Alumni. My alumni for HBCUs calling all alumni. We've been having this first problem for a long time. It's been there. It hasn't, it hasn't went away. I feel like we need our alumni more than ever. And I'm not, I'm not attacking the alumni. I'm not getting on them. No, I just need, we need help. Us students that attend to a HBC, we need help. Our alumni, we need help. We need, we are financially, we're not stabled. Some of these HBCUs financially are not stabled. Most of these HBCUs, we don't have the resources. So alumni, we need you more than ever. We need we need your support. Not just in homecoming, but the entire school year. We need your help. Donate. Donate to your alma mater. Donate resources. Donate your network. Donate your time. Give back. I think that's a that's a huge issue 
not with just the the HBCU community, but period. When we're successful or when we when we do something great, it is some people don't give back. Some people don't give thanks to the people who helped you along the way. Now, like I said, I'm not I'm not saying that's everybody. But right now our topic is on HBCUs. So alumni need to give back. You need to give thanks to the people to the institution, to the HBCUs that helped you to become the person you are today. We need you more than ever, alumni. Shoot, I'm about to be alumni. In 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 May 14th, 2022, I will walk on Central States University stage, graduate, and get my bachelor's degree. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to give back. I have no choice. I got to help my school. I got to help my community because Central State is my home. And not only Central State, but other HBCUs, they are home. So we have to support them more than ever. We need it. We need to help our, our, our next generation of, of African-Americans. We need to help the future. And the future is the youth. So let's build our communities up. Problem number two, the culture. I feel like it's decreasing or I feel like it's lost. So the six people that I talked to and asked, um, already gave you one of the questions I said was, what is the disadvantage HBCUs have compared to PWIs? The other two questions I asked, is the culture at your school decreasing or lost? Yes or no. In what ways or why do you feel like your culture is decreasing or lost at your school? Bethune-Cookman. Student said, I believe the culture has decreased at BCU. I believe what caused it was COVID. Hmm. We had to cancel many traditions and had almost two years of abnormal HBCU life. Also, many staff who were aware of the BCU traditions either quit or got fired. So the new people that are at the school don't even know about some of the traditions that exist. Uh, alumni from the Central State University stated both the culture is decreasing and loss. The alumni, or let me not say alumni, the Centrillion, the Centrillion stated, the culture at Central State University has lost the family connection. When you got to Central State, you will feel a sense of home. People from other states and cities coming together, protecting one another as well as accepting each other. We bonded off of the fact that we are all in the middle of nowhere, but we can make the best of it. No longer do I feel the sense of belonging or fun atmosphere that CSU brings. CSU has turned into a boring institution and has forgotten that the students are what makes the school. Once when you lose the students, you don't have anything. An alumni at Wilberforce University. Yes, the culture is decreasing. It's important to maintain the history, the tradition, and the culture. Howard University, a student at Howard. The culture of Howard isn't lost necessarily. I think it's changing. Howard will always represent the epitome of Black thought and unity to me. But I notice in some ways student body has let social media corrupt the values that our university claims to care about. The service and the achievements we strive for 
will always be attained for the betterment of the black community. But far too often, people do these great things because of the way it makes them seem in the public eye. How are students work hard for what we have accomplished, but we have to remember to lift as we climb. The final destination isn't a job, offer, or a degree. It's just a part of the impact we should strive to make on the community. A student from Norfolk State University. Definitely feel the culture is slowly decreasing at my HBCU. There's no such thing as traditions anymore. It's all about what school, what's cool to wear, and how many followers you have on Instagram. It's all about what makes you look cool and who you know. Many students think it's corny to actually participate in school-related events now. There is no school spirit at events because students are afraid to be in the quote and in crowd end quote. Wow. So I'm not the only one who feels this way. This is a problem. Our traditions, our culture, what what we strive for, what, what HBCU started and created is disappearing. And and it, it has it has to get fixed, y'all. And we had to take a stand. I'ma do my own statement for Central State. It's definitely decreasing. There is a division at my school, a lot of division. And that's not how HBCUs, HBCUs are supposed to be unity. They're supposed to be together, not divided. Because back in the day, people divided and conquered and took over. HBCU, I, I explained in the history part, they, they had no choice but to stick together. Because if they didn't stick together... It was done for them. They, they knew they had no choice but to stick together because I said outside that campus, what was waiting for them was destruction. What was waiting for them was failure. And so and, and today I see division at my school. I can only speak for my school. I, I see division. Students against students. I'm going to go back to spring of 2021. I was at home. And so on my social media, I, I don't know, I just went on Twitter. It was, I don't remember the day, but I know it was around lunchtime. And what do I see? At my school, students fighting. And okay, okay, Sean, you know, fights happen. No, 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 no. It, it wasn't, the, the principle was, it, it was different groups of students, right? You had the bohemians. There's a lot of bohemians that go to my school. And so... The Bohemians were, were fighting a group of students that were from the United States. And so the tweet posted the Bohemians versus the United States. I don't know what happened. I don't know what caused the fight, but that was in the social media. The, 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 the division, the, that person just said the Bohemians versus the United States. And, and that took me, that made me so sad because aren't we marauders at the end of the day? Am I supposed to call you my brother and sister, not break you down, but to build you up? Not, oh, you just a bohemian. What? Since when did that division happen? Since what caused so much division at my HBCU? 
We're supposed to be together. We're supposed to be one. We're supposed to be unified. Unity. If I call, if you're a marauder, I'm a marauder too. So pretty much marauders, we're brother and sister at the end of the day, right? I'm not going to build you down. I'm not going to disown you. No, I'm going to own you. If you're my brother and sister, I'm not going to tear you down. I'm going to build you up because iron sharpens iron. Because like I said, outside these walls, people don't care about us. Outside these walls, people don't want us to win. They never did. They don't want us to succeed. They don't want us to be successful. They don't want us to get the job opportunities that the other people get. But on, on, on Twitter, I see Bohemians versus United States. What? No. We're supposed to be together more than ever. People getting killed off every day. We're getting taken down one by one. I need you more than ever. The division has to stop. And it's not just with the students. It's with the students and the, and, and the staff and the faculty. I, I see a division. We can't see eye to eye. This is just my statement. No one knows but my statement. There is so much division at my school and it's not okay. And I don't know any other HBCUs that fill division. I don't know. But if there is division, that's a problem. Because HBCUs wasn't like that in the beginning. They wasn't like that from the jump. They were together. HBCUs were family oriented. They were one. They were, they were building each other up, not breaking and tearing each other down. We see that all the time in our society, in the city. People back in Columbus are dying. Homicide is at its highest in Columbus. People are dying left and right. I'm seeing my brothers dying left and right, killing each other. Killing each other. We need each other now more than ever. More than ever. We got to build our traditions up. We got to keep our traditions alive. We got to keep our culture alive. If we lose it, if we lose our culture, if we lose our tradition that, that, our brothers and sisters back in the day created and built the foundation? What's the point of an HBCU? What's the point of me calling that place home? If I'm just going, if, if, if the culture and traditions are going to HBCU, then I should just go to a PWI. I should go to any other school then. I came to a HBCU because of the history. I came to a HBCU because of the culture. I came to a HBCU because of the unity. I came to a HBCU because I was at a Gehenna Lincoln High School where it was predominantly white. Most of the students were white. And I wanted to be a part of my brothers and sisters. I wanted to, to see my brother working so hard and I'm just being proud of them. And they see me working hard and we just building each other iron for iron. I went to the HBCU because... That's what the HBCU is all about. I wanted to represent a black, a historical black college and uni slash university. I wanted to learn and be educated at an HBCU because I know HBCUs are elite school as any other school in the nation. We can't lose it. We can't lose it, y'all. We can't, we, we can't afford problem number two to be a problem no more. We can't afford it. I understand COVID, COVID from Bethune-Cookman, COVID, that, that's, 
that's valid. That is so valid because it not I don't feel like this is only happening at Bethune Cookman. This is definitely happening. They happening at my school. You know, the class of 2024 and 2025, they don't really know the tradition. They don't know the history. It's up to us, the upperclassmen, to teach the young class that's coming in about the history, about the culture. We have to keep it alive. And so the last point, y'all, the ultimate choice. Guys, it is up to us. Students that attend to an HBCU, it is up to us to keep the traditions and the culture alive. It is up to us to stick together and not be divided. Stick together at Central State. Stick together at Wilberforce. Stick together at Howard. Stick together at FAMU. Stick together. Be one. Be unified. Be a whole. And not only just these schools, but an HBCU, period. All the HBCU, we need to stick together. Defend one another. Lift, the, lift each other up. Be happy when the school is winning. When a school is down, lift them up. Help them out within the school. When you see a student succeeding at your school, lift them up. Be happy for their achievement. Be happy for their success. And you see a person down, lift them up. That's what the HBCU is all about. We are a family. We are one. We're not individual. We're not divided. We are one. To my alumni, assist your alma mater. Be consistent in your helping. Whether that's funding, whether that's giving resources, whether that is coming back to your alma mater to speak to the students about the history, about the traditions, about your testimony, about your, your journey on how far you came and, and how you're still moving forward about helping the students that are there at your alma mater now. Teach the students the family-oriented, the history, the tradition at your alma mater. Continue to grow and build the community. And to my people who are listening, who didn't go to an HBCU, to the United States of America, to my people who are U.S. citizens, aren't we all U.S. citizens? Are we all supposed to be together? <laughs> Y'all thought I was just going to talk about HBCU, but are we all supposed to be together? Are we all supposed to be one? We're Americans, right? Are we all supposed to build up and help the future? And the future is the next generation. Isn't America supposed to be elite? We want to be great at everything. In order in that, then we need to help our fellow neighbors. We need to help our communities that are down, our communities that are in financial crisis. We need to help our communities that are struggling. And so one of the areas, one of the communities that is struggling is the HBCU. We need funding. We need resources. We need to advance our resource, advance our professors, we, I would want to see more professors at HBCUs. Bring them. Help us. Because at the end of the day, we're all American. We're all U.S. citizen. We're all supposed to be the best that we can be. We want to build up our communities across the nation. We want to build up our econ economy. 
We want to build up our e- education because knowledge is power. But in order to do that, we got to help one another. We got to build each other up and not break each other down. But at the end of the day, I gave you HBCUs, the history, the problem, and the ultimate choice. But at the end of the day, it starts with us. It starts with us, ladies and gentlemen. That's it. It starts with us. But until then, things won't change. So my students, it's a new year. My alumni, it's a new year. People who are listening, it's a new year. It's a new year. It's a new day. So what can you do to help? And I'm not even, yes, my main focus is about HBCUs, but what can you do to help someone? What can you do to help your community? What can you do to help your fellow neighbor? What can you do? And to my alumni and my students, what can we do to refresh the history and tradition? What can we do to keep the culture alive? What can we do to increase our funding, to increase our resources, to advance our, the experience and the skills, the students, so that they can be successful in their career field? Because we need it. But that's it, y'all. That's it for your boy. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And let's, let's start turning things around for the year 2022. This is a great start. And I'm so looking forward to making that change. And you should too. All right, y'all. That is it for your boy. I love each and every one of y'all. And we'll see you season five coming to you in April. Shine, shine out. Peace.